And now, as I mentioned, I'm going to talk to you about new beginnings. And, and I believe we have some, um, my, my slides are there. I hope um, they are. But anyways, Lamentations, you see them there in that, under that. I hope I got them in there all right. Lamentations 3, Lamentations chapter 3 is, uh, is it there? Okay, I was hoping I didn't mess you up. Lamentations 3 and 32, I mean, I'm sorry, 22 and 23 is, is where we'll first read. But the first thing I want you to get is that as we begin to talk about new beginnings, there's a few things, and, and the word critical, I think, would be the word to use. But there's, there's some critical things that you and I must have as we begin to experience new beginnings. And the first thing I want you to get is that you have to, it's critical to start afresh, what I mean by that is sometimes you just got to shut the computer down and pull the cord out and wait 10 seconds because whatever's going on is not, it's not changing. It's not good. I mean, there's, there's moments that you have to go out of your car and unplug the neutral. You know, you got you to unhook, the, you got to take the battery off and just see if something fixes itself. There's moments that we try sometimes to fix things and we try to fix things by not a while not starting afresh, and, and I believe it's important, more, and more of a word of critical for you and I to understand what it is to have this mindset that is a brand new, clear understanding, while yet you and I must look back and say, well, look what the Lord's done. We oftentimes want to carry things from that to where we're headed and I would challenge you tonight, and what I feel tonight is to say that you might just want to start fresh. It's a conscious decision. It's, it's something, I'm, and if I, this is always, when I was traveling, for some reason, Kleenexes were like my best friend in the illustration world. I mean, I, I, I've used it before, but Brother Mooney one time talked about grace. <clears throat> he talked about how Grace was amazing because every time you use it, it's always there again. I'll never forget when I was a kid. He said, it's always it's amazing. Somebody say amen. Somebody, yes, 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 yes. He marched around the building, had his glasses in one hand, his big, tall Brother Mooney. We were in a packed house at Cavern Appernock, and he walks around. He's like, look at this. You need grace. Oh, there's more grace. And he just kept on, kept on. And I thought, man, what a genius. But, but I've, I used, Nat, I used uh, Kleenex this week, not in the same way, but I used them this week for uh, um, uh, drawing a little bit of a comparison of something. And it's always like right there. I guess that's why, because I look around and think I need it right now. Here, here it is. But if I were to set the stage for a, an event right now, and I would look, and you don't really get to look in here oftentimes and see how much is left, because the reality is, the illustration is great, but if you're not careful and you preach too long, you're going to out of grace, Brother Mooney, is what I used to think. I was like, bro, listen, you better wrap it up. And like an hour is a long time. <laughs> Somebody better get on the organ because he's, he's down there getting close to the bottom. This ain't going to go good. But if I were to, to kind of use this and say I wanted to think about, you know, trying my best to prove something, or I wanted to say, you know what, I know that we're going to need some tissue today. We might need a lot. I would probably go and get rid of this box. I'd stick it off to the back, and I'd go, to, I'd go get what? A new box to get, me set, get, to get myself ready for what's possibly going to be needed. And so I'd go get a new box. And I, would just, I wouldn't want to gamble with what's left. I wouldn't want to just play games with it. I would say, you know what, I'm going to go get a new box. And yeah, I might use what's left, but I want to go get something new because I don't want a chance 
running out. And let me just tell you right now, it's not good to chance running out. It's not good for me to chance on my faith. It's not good for me to chance on my commitment. It's not good for me to chance on, on my decisions and find out come April that I was like, you know what? I didn't start fresh. I didn't get my mind right. I didn't get my spirit right. I didn't, I didn't break down some things. That's why we're going to talk about fasting. I didn't break down some things. I didn't, I didn't set the tone. I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I'm, I, 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 I'm affected because I didn't do that. And so that's why I'm making sure you understand this first time, this first point, it's, it's important to start afresh. Go ahead and take whatever's been left over in the tank and push it aside and make up in your mind, I'm going to go get something brand new and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start all over and I'm going to reset. And I've got to make sure that you and I know that God's mercies, God's mercies are renewed every morning offering to us a fresh start. So not not only do I get to take January 1 or in January a fresh start, if you need a fresh start on, on February the 3rd because you just did not get it all right that day, if you need a st- fresh start on April 13th because it's just not all right, you see where I'm going here? If you need a new start on May the 23rd because you just were not the most polite person to your wife, here's the good news. You can start afresh on that day because his mercies are new Every morning. Every morning. Lamentations 3.22. I'll finally read it. Lamentations 3.22 and 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Here we go. Verse 23. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. His faithfulness is beyond my understanding. His faithfulness is beyond anybody's judgment of me. And his faithfulness goes beyond what anybody could possibly label or project on me in my life. I've got to understand that if his mercies are new every morning, I can start fresh every morning. Now, let me just back it up for a moment and tell you that oftentimes the world uses this to say, well, that means I can do whatever I want to do. No, do not Do not allow yourself to think that you can use his grace like the erasure on the back of a careless pencil. I ought to desire to walk with him. I ought to desire to speak of good things. I ought to desire to be of a good report. I ought to uh, to desire to have a reputation that that is intact. I ought to desire those things, but when I fall and fall, I will. Mistakes will be made. I've got, I've got the opportunity to understand that I can start fresh. As we walk into the new year, we've got to understand this, and we've got to be bold in this to say that, Lord, I want, I want whatever you have for me. And I've set goals, and I believe in, I believe in that. I, I think it's important for us to have vision and, and to know where we're headed and all the above. But personally, when I've not met that, it's sometimes best just to pull the cord and do a reset and say, Lord, I'm, I'm wanting you to do something new in my life. Everybody with me on that? The next thing I want you to know is critical. It's very critical for you and I to set the tone in prayer. Set the tone um, as, as we walk into a new, a new year, as we walk into a, um, a, a, a new understanding, and, and we, we try our best to, to, um, to, to anticipate and believe together, you and I must set the tone in prayer. And you must do that 
by simply finding some time where you say, I'm committing this time to the Lord. And then also it's important for you and I to understand the power of not just going to that place or that time, but to understand what it is to constantly be in mind and, and, and be in thought of, of, of a prayerful mind. Can I say it that way? And I don't always get this right. But I, 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 sometimes I feel like the Lord maybe doesn't want to be near me in one of my moments of not having a good uh, attitude or having a, a bad, you know, sometimes a weed eater just won't start. And the Lord's like, I'm going to go away for a while. <laughs> I'll be over here. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said that. The Lord always wants to be close to me. Uh, Lord, I pray right now, be near me. Oh, Lord, why did I do that? Anyways, it's important for us to set the tone in prayer. We're having a little fun tonight. Philippians 4, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. It goes on and it says this simply, and, and, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Go back if you can real fast to verse 6. Notice the order of this. The order is very important because it's, it's, it, there is order, and there's got to be order, and there's got to be a flow in your life. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, there's a lot there. Prayer, Supplication, giving myself fully to God, but now it goes on and it has an activity with that. I bring up not just my posture and the action of prayer and supplication, but now I've also got to walk and, and I've got to add with those things together in conjunction with those thanksgiving. I've got to now walk in. You're telling me I've got to have prayer and supplication when things aren't well, and then you're telling me on top of prayer and supplication, I've got to have prayer and supplication sprinkled with thanksgiving, and that is not always easy. But here's the good news, is that when you operate by the way the Lord has given you, as you now go and you let your request be made known unto God, and you've, you're in a prayerful mind, you've, you're, you're, you've got a life that's, that's given fully to Him, and now you also know that, Lord, I thank you for the bad day, because I know the bad day is probably bringing me to something that I was not fully, fully aware of. I talked to, I talked to this, this afternoon to, to uh, Brother Eric, and, and he told me the water pump went out. And here's the good news. The water pump went out in the car. The great news is that, that when I am doing the best I can, sometimes bad news brings on a good blessing. And he told me that somebody was able to say, hey, take that and take care of this and go get it fixed. And, and he doesn't have that unless he has the water pump go out. But now that the water pump's gone, I know you don't want your water pump to go out. But now I can look back and say, Lord, you made a way before I even needed you to make a way. You put people in my life before I even needed them to be like that. And Lord, somehow you made a way. And when I oftentimes want to throw my hands up and say, never does it go right in my life. The Lord would rather say, Lord, it's another bad day. But I'm understanding that you made all things and you're aware of all things. And those 
bad days oftentimes come with the good things. But if I see it as something that I can be thankful for, the reason why I can be thankful for it is because the Lord's oftentimes already produced a way for me to get through whatever I'm facing if I just trust him. And that's not, that's not like everything's going to be okay type of preaching. I'm not trying to do that. Oh, just, just give the Lord thanks and they'll just show up. I'm not doing that at all. But I am telling you there's got to be a posture about my, my life and how I live where I've got to say, Lord, this is not easy. Notice what else? It's, it's not talking about just bad days. But oftentimes the thing we really need to worry about is the, is the good days. That's oftentimes what I really need to focus on where I approach it with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Because many times for me, the good day is the day where I didn't need the Lord today. Can I be real with you? I didn't need him today. Everything was good. The sun was shining. I got nice phone calls. I got nice text messages. And, and I was, I, it was a good day. And, and, and all was great. And I didn't... My, I didn't have to put gas in my car again because, you know, that's a lot of money these days and things are good. Oftentimes, I've got I've to know that on the good, I've got to approach it with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. So I've got to set the tone. I've got to set the tone um, in my life and make sure that I understand who I am and what I've got to position myself to experience is, is I've got I've to know that when I'm praying, I'm saying, and I'm speaking and saying, Lord, what, what, whatever it is you desire and whatever it is you have for me, God, whatever it is that you want of me, God. And Lord, Lord, as I'm facing what I'm facing, God, I know it's not, it's, you know it's not easy, Lord, but I, I want you to know I thank you, Lord. I thank you for what, I, what I'm experiencing in my life because this bringing me to a place where I'm closer. And I, and I also thank you for the answer that's coming. I thank you, Lord, for the promise that's coming in my life. I'm hurrying here, but, but we've got to understand that it's critical to set the tone in prayer. The next thing is critical. It's, incredi- it's very critical for you and I to keep our eyes on what's important. Keep your eyes on what's important. You've got you to pick that, that focus in your life. Matthew 6 and 33. Matthew 6 and 33 says, but seek ye what? First. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then it says this, and all these things shall be added unto you. But many times we want to focus on all the things. We want to try to worry about all the things. Oh, I'm, the, the, I'm caught up in the things. This is the, this is the greatest comfort you could possibly have for you and I to know and understand that If I seek first the kingdom of God, if I put his kingdom first and I desire all that he is, if I live that life, this is not like seven steps to happiness. No, this is just the, this is the key that we're given right here. But I want, I want his things first. I want what he wants for me first. I want what he desires of me first. I want what he has, and I want, I want to serve him with gladness. And I want to be committed to the things of God. And I want this, and I want that, but I want what is right through him first. That's what I want. He's told us that you seek it first, his righteousness, and all these things 
That should be just a little bit of, a, uh, of an excitement in your life to know that all the things. What's all the things? Where's my Kleenex box? All the things. That's not good. That's why I didn't do that a moment ago. That's all the things. You're telling me that if I focus on here's, here's, here's the, the kingdom of God. Okay, you can focus on this. You can go get these. But here's the thing. You'll probably be left with just that. But if you focus on the kingdom, the kingdom of God, guess what, Kyle? You focus on the kingdom. You get all the things that are in it. So now you want all these things, all the things, guess what? All the things are there. You want kids to serve the Lord? Well, that's, that's in the kingdom of God. You want a good job? Guess what? That's in the kingdom of God. You want to be used in the church? Guess what? That's in the kingdom of God. But if you just want prosperity, you can have prosperity, but you don't get the promise of your kids. You don't get promise of being fulfilled in your life. You don't get promise of all those things. But guess what? When you seek now the things of God, all the other stuff is in seeking the things of God. And, and it's all there in the kingdom. It's all there. You want your kids to live for God? Then teach them now that you better serve the kingdom. You better seek God. Seek God. Seek God. Seek God. Seek him first. And all the other things will follow. Does that make sense tonight? All those things will follow. I should have been titled this the Kleenex box. I should have done. The fourth thing I want you to know is very, very critical. It's very critical for, for, for you and I to, to understand that you and I must live in obedience. And what I want you to know, I'm talking about the obedience to the word of the Lord. I'm not, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's important for you and I to know that. It's important for you and I to get that. John 14 and 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. No fluff, no big added. I mean, it's just basic, it's there. If you love me, then keep my commandments. I mean, if you don't keep my commandments, then what is that saying? I don't. I, 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 it's what it's saying. It's saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. But I can take away and I can bring out of that that if I don't keep his commandments, it probably means that I don't love him. It's very simple, y'all. It's, I, I, know, I know that the Facebook preachers and Instagram preachers have confused some things. I know that they're preaching prosperity. I know they're preaching that you just, you know, just going to be okay. And it's okay. You can just keep it. I know those things are like that. But I'm just, all I know to do right now is bring you the word of the Lord. And it's just very, very plain and very, very out there that if you love me, just keep my commandments. And so it's important for you and I to know and very critical as we have new beginnings in our lives. It's important for us to kind of check off the list some things that are very, very important. And I've said this often, but, 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 but we can't like have these priorities. And the word priorities was not even a word until like the late, mid, to, mid to late 60s. It wasn't a, a, there was no use for the word priorities. Every time before then, there was just simply the singular form of priority. There was no plural form. Because, again, you can't have a fourth most important thing. There can't be a fourth priority. I know and I understand. You'd say, well, I've got a list of priorities. No, what you have are a, a, a conglomeration of things that are very important in your life that you feel like need to be accomplished. But those aren't priorities because there's really no such thing as a second most important thing in your life. Or second, nothing beyond, behind it. There's only a priority. And so when I live in obedience, then that's got to be my priority. I live in obedience. And guess what? 
what? That now is the covering for all the other things under it. Here's the point where I can bring the Kleenex box back. I didn't plan on it, but here it is. You now have your priority. You have what you are focused on. You have what you're headed to. Why did David fight Goliath? Because he understood the kingdom of God is my priority. This is what I want in my life. When David did not have that priority, he fell away from God. But guess what? How did he get back up? He understood that when the kingdom of God is my priority and I live in obedience unto God, that's when I see the things take place. When did Saul's life change and become Paul? When he understood that the Lord has to be my priority and everything else will make sense later. What are they going to do? How how will they receive me? Don't worry about that. When he's your priority, the things that need to change will change and things that need to happen will happen. When did Paul start writing letters to churches? When they started making their way the priority and not God's way the priority. And I've wondered, what would Paul write to this church? And here's what I've come to tell you. I hope he would say your priority is right. You live in obedience. You love people. You serve people. You work for people. You walk in faith. And you experience miracles in your life because you live and operate in truth. But all those things fall under, under the priority that I must have of living and walking in obedience. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. It's, it's so important. It's, 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 it's critical that you and I must, must understand that this, this concept of obedience, this life of obedience, is many times where you and I will find the answers to what we're praying for in our lives. We'll find it in, in obedience. We'll find, we'll find us, if, if you feel like you're against a wall, you feel like you're, 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 you're struggling a little bit because you can't get where you want to go, you feel like you can't quite accomplish what you really want to accomplish in God, here's what I'll tell you. Many times you'll find it. You'll find the answer in obedience. I believe it with all my heart. And so as I, as I, as I begin and I start afresh, I set the tone in prayer. I get my eyes above other things and I keep my eyes on what's important. I get my eyes on what's important. And I also understand how critical it is to live in obedience. I've got to take all these things into consideration and say, Lord, I pray, Lord, as I try to start afresh, I'm asking you to help me not put away things that aren't of you. God, I'm asking as I'm trying to move forward, I I pray you humble me and help me to pray the prayers that I truly need to pray and help me to come with a posture that I truly need to have. Let me just stop right here and tell you real fast. I'm hoping in 2024 that we can we can we can stir our prayer room back up again. I mean, I, I don't. This isn't like a cut against anybody. This is I'm, I'm going to take the blame myself because we have a lot going on and, and and we've changed our schedule a little bit and we didn't emphasize. Let me tell you real fast. Our church service starts at 9:30. Can I just throw that at you? 
It starts at 9.30, and, and I, I know there's a lot happening. I know there's a lot happening, but I'm, I'm asking you right now. I want my kids. I want your kids. I want our grandkids. I want our, I want our babies to understand what it is to hear the prayer room. I want our guests. I know there's been times I've thought, thought maybe, you know, and I'm not talking about recently. I'm talking about back in the day where I thought maybe it, our, our, our guests might be. No, I want our guests to know this is a place of prayer. I don't want to be known for good music or good programs. I, I, I appreciate that. I want that. I want good music and good programs, but I want to be known for a place of prayer. Is that all right? So, so I'm asking you right now on the first Sunday of 2024, can we set the tone in prayer together as a church? Can we do that right now? And I know there's a lot. I know there's a lot. And I, 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 I'm not trying to make an excuse in moments where I felt like, man, I can't get there because I've had to come in and try to get this ready and that ready. Here's the thing. My, my slides may not be perfect, but I need to be in the house. I need to be in the, the prayer room with everybody else. And so I'm asking that we're going to set the tone in prayer. And here's the thing I want to ask you as a church body. I want us to make sure that we keep our eyes on what's important. Keep our eyes on what's important. Let's not, let's not get caught up in little bubbles of trying to think about this or that and, and little things where we start getting worried about. No, I'm, I'm telling you right now, we are headed. The Lord is doing something, and we are, we, are, we are continuing. Let me just use that word, continuing what God's been doing, okay? There's been many, many years, and now I believe the Lord is answering some prayers that we pray. But let's keep our eyes on what's important. Keep her eyes on what's important. It's very, very critical. The last thing, I know I'm rehashing everything, but the last thing I want us to do as we move into this new year, many of us, that, that, here's the thing. January 25th, you guys said it, that today said it's the saddest day of the year. About 15 years ago, they wrote an article and said, January 25th is the saddest day of the year. You know why? Because that's when you get your bills from Christmas. It's also when you get on the scale and you realize how much weight you gained through Christmas. It's also at that point, 95% of Americans have broken their New Year's resolution. It's the saddest day of the year. We'll walk in in a few weeks and during that time often we want to pull back on other things that we've committed to God. Let me just be perfectly honest with you. In January, all across the country, if you put a graph on giving, giving takes a huge dip in in January. It goes way, way down and I'm not this isn't a message about money, but I am talking about because it it's a part of obedience that I feel, not to me, not to anybody. This is obedience from me to God. This is what I do unto God. Let me just ask you and encourage you to know right now it's important for you to make sure that you still have remain in the posture of what's important is important. This is important, and I'm committing this to the Lord. I'm giving this to the Lord, and not just in, in, in finances. I'm giving my time my talents, and my treasure. I'm making sure that I am committed because the way I start this thing is important. The way I begin this year is important. What I see now is important. It's important. Amen. Would you stand with me right now? Amen. Would you just close your eyes and would you help me right now pray and just pray over your own life? Just pray right now over your own mind and just say, Lord, I'm asking to help me, strengthen me, make me better, God. I'm asking you to help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just take a moment with me right now. Pray the Lord helps us right now. I ask it in Jesus' name.
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help us. I'm praying. Strengthen this body, God. Lord, I'm asking you set a direction for us, and we want to walk in God. We want to experience what you have for us, God. In Jesus' name, I'm praying you move. Jesus, I'm asking it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know this old song, it says, I will give you all. I will give you all. If all is what you ask of me, I will not withhold. And if my sacrifice is less than giving you my very, let me remember Calvary's cross and be willing to Oh, yes, I will give you all. I will give you all. If all is what you ask of me, I will not withhold. And if my sacrifice, if my sacrifice, is less than giving you my very best. Help me remember Calvary's cross and be willing to say yes. Let me just say this in closing, and I thought it, but I just I want to help you right now. Just remember, as Abraham's going up traveling with those he was traveling with he said abide ye here I and the lad are going to go yonder and worship Abraham's walking up one side of the mountain with his son Isaac Isaac's walking behind and he looks around and says I see everything necessary but we're missing the sacrifice there's something missing Abraham's words were the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice what this is telling me there's a few things we got right here right off the bat I believe that Abraham had set the tone in prayer. And don't forget, he had a wife at home. He had a wife at home that probably was on her knees the whole time saying, Lord, I hope my boy comes back. We focus on Abraham a lot of times. We don't focus on the wife that was at the house. Just imagine with me as he walked back into that home and she heard footsteps behind him and she just hoped. And sure enough, not to get ahead of it too much, but we have, we have that to understand that he set the tone, but I believe also that he understood at some point in his life, I've got to have now, I've got this son, I've got my promise. It's a fresh start, but what's really, really important is that he, as he's walking up the mountain, he, he, he focused, he knew it was critical to focus on what was important, and what was important was fulfilling what God had asked him to do, and that leads to the next point that we made tonight. He understood what it was to live in obedience. And obedience, oftentimes, when it doesn't make sense, when, it, when you, can't get, you can't get clarity on it, you, it, it, it makes no sense. I just, I can't figure out why in the world. I can't figure out how in the world. I can't figure out why this would take place many times. And, and I got to give her credit. One time my wife was reading a book, and 
And um, it was a, a Tozer book, and she said, babe, come read this. And, and she gave it to me, and she said, it's amazing to me. This right here states it very well. The Lord called Abraham to that place. Why? Because Abraham had began to make Isaac the king of his heart. His focus was centered around his son. And the Lord called him to a place where he could find out, are you willing to give me what your affection is set on? Because if you're not, then he's the king in your life. But when he called him up that mountain, Abraham exemplified that I'm living in obedience. And he took the very thing, his prized possession, he laid it on the altar. When he laid it on the altar, bound up, and he took out that knife that we oftentimes reflect on. The Lord said, lay not thine hand on your son, your only son. And the very thing that he was living in obedience, the moment he was living in it, he looked up and he saw a ram. Mark has a great, great statement he's told on this. That ram would have fled when he heard them coming up. There's no way a ram was bedded down hearing all that ruckus, hearing all that noise, hearing all those things. The Lord calls it to go against its natural order. The other thing is a ram is made to not get caught in a thicket, but the Lord took a thicket and wrapped it around that ram. Made it where it would set up just right. He provided what he needed. What provided it? Obedience provided it. Obedience. Obedience opened the door for it. So the question that I would have is, are you willing to give him everything? Everything. Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for this night. I thank you for our commitment. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for all, all that you have in store. I'm asking right now that you'd help us, Lord, to give ourselves fully, fully to your word, fully in obedience, God. And I pray you'd help our eyes, our minds, and our hearts be focused on on your kingdom and all that you have, God. I'm asking that we see things that we've only prayed for. We experience things that we've only requested in prayer. I believe we're going to see it, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.